Hello there, Swindon Town fans, and welcome to a special episode of Fools Rush In with me, Craig. Um, also joining me is Mark, the only person from the pod who's more cynical than I am. Um, good evening, Mark. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, well, yeah, well, all the better for seeing your face. It seems like we're, we're seeing quite a lot of each other lately, but that's that's never never a bad thing. Um, obviously, looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, uh, the, you know, this little side project we've got got going here. So, yeah, hopefully, it'll it'll be a good one. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I think we've got plenty to say, and I'm sure there'll be um, plenty of discussion points, not only in, in in the outcome from what we're 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 suggesting for our our review here, but just genuinely want to um to hear feedback from any of the um people that are watching this and uh yeah any ideas you've got for things that maybe Craig and I could talk about in the future in our own unique way yeah absolutely mate absolutely that's a fantastic idea um so this will be the first of three episodes or a trilogy if you will um we're basically going to discuss and rate the sign-ins that Swindon Town have made in the previous free transfer windows, um, starting from today's episode, which is the summer 22 um, transfer window. Um, we'll be rating the players based on our um, opinions and their contribution to Swindon to date, if they're still at the club. Um, so uh, we're recording towards the end of uh, January 2024. So obviously uh, Flynn has recently been sacked. And Town are on course for one of their lowest finishes in, in the EFL in, in our history. So with that in mind, me and Mark have been thinking, how the hell did we get to this uh, position? And um, the post-mortem into our disastrous season doesn't start in the summer of 2023. It starts in the summer of 2022 and every single um, transfer window since then. So obviously for us, we feel that re our recruitment strategy since since the summer of 22 has just been a disaster and that's key to why we are in the position that um that, that we are in so uh if we go to um for a quick recap we're in june 2022 um ben garner has gone to charlton and uh, ben chorley has resigned um we have a new technical director in sandro de mckelly and his first action is to appoint a far-ranging appointment in uh, Scott Lindsay um, and ov obviously like um, things started to go downhill I think for us drastically once uh, Ben Chorley had resigned um, but what what did you think Mark of the appointment of Sandro Di McKelly at, at the time? Yeah well I mean let, let's be honest I mean after the season that we'd had and, and, and narrowly missed out on making the playoff final um, in that infamous now infamous game against Port Vale um, it kind of seemed you know, a logical step to have a replacement director of football. It was following the model that was in place. I mean, you know, and bearing in mind that Clem had taken over the year prior, and I don't think realistically we could have expected the team to have performed as well as they did in hindsight. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like we were going to be moving in the right direction and that the plan and the process was working and that we were a club on the, on the repair and on our way back up. Um, so, you know, being carried on that, you know, crest of a wave, um, the, the the appointment of a new director of football, um, based upon his you know uh, recent success that he'd had with with Wigan, um, and obviously he'd come from a betting background as well as we all know, and obviously working in that that arena, you'd expect there'd be to some inside information in terms of you know how teams progress. There's lots of data and analytics um, 
involved in in, in betting as we know. So you. It, he clearly shown some success of that with Wigan as well. So you were kind of thinking, well, you know, maybe it is a really good appointment for us. You know, they, what what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I was, uh, you know, people might find this hard to believe, but I was quite positive on um, uh, Sandro's appointment at the time. I, I thought it was quite a progressive move by the club, tr- kind of trying to think outside the box, um, looking the, the the whole point about it. You know, most of us have seen the the film Moneyball, and that's what it's kind of based on, trying to get an advantage through, you know, through statistical um, analysis and, um, you know, and I, I was all for that at, at the time. So although, you know, Sandro Di McKelly wasn't a traditional football person, as as, as we like to know, I, I, I was fairly positive and I was thinking, well, you know, maybe we could unearth some real gems here that have um, gone under the radar. And obviously that was the, the, the focus um, going going forwards. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting appointment, and uh, obviously his first um, task as um, a director of football, technical director, whatever you want to call it, um, he was to appoint um, Scott Lindsay. Um, just just quickly, Mark, what, what was your thoughts on on that appointment? Because th- there was a bit, it, even at the time, it was a bit divisive because it had taken a couple of weeks from Sandro's appointment. Even though we known before, even before Ben Garner had officially left, we knew that he was. Um, it had been on 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 the rumor mill for weeks that he was going to Charlton. What was your feeling of the um, appointment of Scott Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where the, the club did state at the time they were, you know, they were casting the net wide, and you know, a lot of uh, candidates had been interviewed for the role, and that they were looking for another head coach, you know, not a manager to come in and work under Sandro. Um, to keep the, uh, the, the 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 business model or the football business model uh, intact, so it, it was kind of built up in such a way that you felt we were going to get like an up and coming and progressive, you know, maybe academy manager, etc. But it conversely, you know, handing the reins over to Scott Lindsay from a continuity point of view also kind of made sense. You know, he'd been with the squad the year previously. The players seemed to have this rapport um, and wanted to work with him. So, yeah. you know. I think it was more deflated in the fact it was built up to be something which was actually it didn't need to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. The, the, you know. And you know, I was still full of confidence even with Lindsay appointed and the you know the the, the director of football um, in, in situ or technical director in Sanjay McKelly that that we could have a successful season. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, mate. It, it, it was like the club made a rod for their own back because they were saying they were going to cast the net far and wide, and then pointing Scott Lindsay and, and you know so, some of our fans were thinking it was we were going for the cheap option I didn't think that at the time but it, it's pretty clear with with high 2020 hindsight that it, it was the, the the cheap option I'm sure there was probably other managers who were interviewed who well we know there was other managers that were interviewed who, who probably would have demanded a higher salary and and that's why you know there, there is an argument for the continuity thing because, like you said, he was he was well liked by the players from the you know from the previous season. So, so yeah, it, it was a it was an interesting appointment. But I think the majority of Swindon fans were willing to get behind him for the new season. It was it looked like it was going to be a very interesting season under this new sort of recruit recruitment model as well. So. And, and obviously there was a, a high turnover of um, players. We had, a, you know, like you said, a very successful season considering what had happened, um, you know, in the dying days of, of, of Lee Power. 
Um, but it seemed that most of that side was systematically disassembled by um, Sandro. Um, so we had Dion Conroy go, Egbo left, um, Jack Payne and, and players players like that. And it just seemed like the spine of the team was uh, taken out. So we need to take that into consideration when discussing this um, transfer window, when we've got the um, players coming in, because obviously there was a lot of players to to come in. It was a big churn, a, a big turnover of, of, of players. So we need to bear that in mind when discussing this um, this transfer window. So let's um, let's get straight into it then. Then Mark with um, with the signings. Um, we're going to be rating the um, the signings. Um, marks out five stars. Um, but again, based on their contribution um, to the club. Um, to Swindon for their time um, at Swindon and um, some of it might seem a little bit harsh but it's, it's basically you know did the transfer work out for the club from a purely selfish point of view what did they contribute and were they worth you know was it worth having them at the time whether it was for a fee or, or, or not um, so let's start with um, the first signing which was a bit of a strange one to for the first signing to come under Sandro and um, Scott Lindsay. It was um, young Oscar Massey who came in from a free transfer from um, Plymouth. Um, yeah, this this one was a bit it, like I said, it was a strange one because it, they they were saying about you know um, Scott Lindsay, I, I believe, said about that he was looking forward to developing this player and then went on to not develop him, <laughs> which, you know, which, um, which which seems to be the case with a lot of promising young players who we would um, end up coming in. What, what was what was your um, thoughts on Oscar Massey and his contribution to Swindon, Mark? Yeah, well, he had a, um, a solid goal-scoring record um, at Plymouth um, coming up through the youth levels. Uh, I mean, looking at his experience and the fact that he hadn't played any first-team, not really any first-team football, you kind of felt like, you know, was he a squad filler? Well, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, it's clearly somebody that the club viewed as having potential that could maybe be the third or fourth striker, but certainly not in, you know, in the main front two. Um, the reality was it was, you know, he, probably far too early for him to be involved um, in, in first team level. And I think he ended up going out on loan to to, to numerous places in time on a Swindon um fashion yeah, four, four non-league clubs he, he went out on loan to in a season which is quite a amazing achievement and it just kind of shows that you know which and, and it's, it's been the case since that there's no sort of development plan for these players it's just farm them out on loan to you know to any any team that will take them and and then just hope that they come come back a, a better player which unfortunately wasn't the case for him was it no not at all and and, you know, and, and I think I'm one of you know a, a very few Swindon fans and obviously Fifey's included in this as well that actually saw Oscar Massey pull on the uh, Swindon shirt in that um, dreadful cup match at uh, Walsall in the early part of the season and you know did he, he didn't really get a huge amount of game time um, yeah. didn't really offer much when he was on the pitch and then disappeared very very quickly into obscurity now that's probably a little bit unfair um, on him because we didn't see him play any number of games to really form a valid opinion but you know well, Mark, that's, that's why I had you on because you were the, the one person who saw him for his uh, fifteen minutes of, um, of of fame. So that that's especially why I wanted you and no, none of the other fools to discuss this. But <laughs> it, it was to basically talk about the fifteen minutes of Oscar Massey. 
Yeah, well, the, the, you know, the easily forgettable, um, but memorable <laughs> in the fact that it ended up being probably his only first team appearance. But yeah, mm. the, the, it came as no real surprise when we got to the end of the season that he was, you know, released into obscurity once more. And I think since then he's been moving around a few of the local clubs back in his um, sort of own neck of the woods uh, down in you know, Devon and Cornwall. I mean, obviously, the, the big thing for me was, you know, he was literally just an adult um, mm. and moving away from home for the first time. You know, particularly when you're in an isolated outback of uh, of Cornwall compared to the rest yeah. of the country, you know, you do wonder whether you know homesickness played its part, and you know he couldn't really settle as a result. But you know, I really do hope that we see the likes of him uh, make his way back up into the um, into the professional game because you know all young kids that make it or have that rare chance of uh, playing for a professional football club, you'd hope they've got something and that something's seen, you know, and that people have seen something in them. So, yeah, in terms of, you know, what he contributed, very little. Um, but then this is a harsh score in, a, in the best possible way. I can't really see him getting any more than, than, than zero stars. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. Which, which again, it might, it might seem harsh, but... There, there was no, you know, it wasn't his fault that he didn't contribute much um, to 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 the club. I I, I personally think he, he was um, he wasn't his development was mishandled by the club, by whether that's Lindsay or Sandro or whoever. There clearly just wasn't a plan to develop him, even though that was initially supposed to be the, the case in the first place. Which which isn't isn't his fault. It didn't work out for the club, and and sadly it didn't work out for him. So yeah, I think um, zero stars is um, is, is Pretty much spot on, mate. Um, so then we go on to like our first proper sign-in um, uh, um, under this uh, window, um, which was um, Tyrese um, Tyrese Shade, who uh, came in as a free transfer from uh, Leicester. Um, initially, I think he came in as a um, sort of right um, right winger, um, right-sided midfielder type um, position, and. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, he's, he obviously came under a lot of stick under Michael Flynn in his last um, couple of months. Some of it a bit harsh, I, I, I think, even for for Shade. But he's for me, he, he's someone who's just not really um, played as as well as what we would hope. I, I, th- I think he's been quite disappointing. And um, people say about him being an impact player, and, and there has been times where he's come on a sub and he has made a difference. But I think it's few and far between. When he was, and, and but he's also, to be fair to him, he, he was played out of position a lot. He, you know, he was one of the many players who we tried as a left wing back under um, Scott Lindsay and um, Jody Morris. And you, you know, if if you was on, you know, defending against him, you knew what he was going to do. He was just going to cut inside every, every time when when he was a left wing back. So they they were able to nullify him quite quite well. Um, what was your thoughts on Shade? Yeah, I think you know he's one of those players that's a bit of a, a jack of all trades. I think I've likened him to to uh, to David Duke, where you know mm. he, he's pretty much been played all over the park. I mean, you know, Shades played up front, you know, behind the front pairing, you know, on the right and left hand side of midfield, and and in the back to uh, sorry the, the wing back positions as well. And you kind of think, you know, you can see why he's made um, as many appearances as he has. The the, the the biggest downside to him is the fact he's incredibly one-footed, as we all yeah. know. You know, his right foot is a preferred foot. Although I will caveat that by um, saying this: in our current season, he's actually shown um, a willingness to use his left foot a bit more, and has perhaps yeah. be has perhaps improved 
on where he was. Um, he at, has improved. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. He's definitely improved this this season. I mean, admittedly, for, for me, and this probably sounds harsh, but I don't think it was a high bar to improve upon. But it, it was an improvement. You're right there, mate. Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, you know, speaking of improvement, I think you know he, he's well renowned of, uh, as having one of the worst goal celebrations in in, in League <laughs> yes. Two. Oh, um, words, yeah. But that being said, he has popped up with a few goals. So you know. The hardest thing to do is put it in the back of the ball in the back of the net, isn't it? So it's 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 tricky. I mean, he is one one of our better players in the current crop, and that is painful to say, considering you know he's yeah. really much better than average on a good day. Um, but yeah, um, where where do we rank Tyree Shade? Well, he's still here. Um, yeah, you know he has he has got a bit better. Fair to say, he's probably in the middle, maybe two and a half stars. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, if, if, if you'd have asked asked me sort of before this season started, I, I would say he was probably one and a half stars. But I, I think he has he has improved, and he's shown a willing a willingness to to in, in, improve as, as as well. So may, maybe under the right management and being played in the right position, we might see the best out of him for the rest of this season and may, maybe further. So so yeah, I, I think yeah, two and a half stars is is fair. Um, so next next one up is um, Angus McDonald, who came in as a free transfer from um, Rotherham. Um, I, I like um, Angus McDonald because um, he he was um, definitely definitely split opinion amongst the the, the fellow fools uh, whenever we talked about him. I I was never a big fan of his. Was I loved him to bits. And then, ironically, I'm like thinking we could have done with an Angus McDonald this season. So, so yeah, I had to eat a bit of humble pie there with um, with with Wazza. But um, my, you know, I, I watched him play, and I just felt because of the style, he, he just wasn't suited to the style of play where we play it out from the back. And it's it's not just how it, you know a lot of the time we were putting unnecessary pressure under our defence um, under the Lindsay Morris era where. There was just unnecessary passes, sideway passes and backwards passes when there was no need to. Um, you know, the, the famous chant in the Don Rogers, get it forward, get it forward. And but that that was that was very infuriating. And I think it put a lot of unnecessary pressure on someone like McDonald, who traditionally is he's not a ball playing centre back. Um he made a lot of mistakes, I think, as as a result. And then people say, but yeah, he, he was good at making up for their mistakes, but the way I see it, and it might sound harsh again, you shouldn't make those mistakes in the first place. Is, does that sound a bit harsh, Mark? Or, or you know, what do you think? I think it, well, I think it's a fifty-fifty scenario with um, with, with Angus because let's not forget he was bought in on a two-year deal um, yeah. uh, to be our captain. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, and, and and you know, very strangely, sold to Aberdeen sort of four months or so later amidst. All sorts of rumor and conjecture going around about the reason for his departure, which you know I'm not going to go into today. But yeah, you're quite right. He is a no-nonsense defender. There weren't many um, aerial battles or duels that he lost, but with yeah, the ball at his true. feet, the ball at his feet, um, he wasn't a technician. He wasn't a technical footballer, and that that was the way that we were asked to play. Now, you know, he struggled. He really did struggle. If we were yeah. playing like you know your bog standard League Two. You know, football lump it up from the back to the big man up top. Then you know he would he would have probably formed quite a good partnership with Tom Brewitt. Let's be honest, yeah. as a back pairing yeah. with with just you know 
ignoring the midfield and lumping it up the pitch. Absolutely, you know that's 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 you know the I type can, of player see, that he is. I could see them being a bit of like a, a John Gittins, um, Colin Calderwood sort of combination. So yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's 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 quite fair to be fair. Yeah, no, no, but but no nonsense. But unfortunately, you know, the, the, regardless of um, you know his, his own limitations from a technical point of view, that that he was being asked to play and perform in a technical type role and of course you know yeah. he, he just didn't have the 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 nous or um ability to play that way so yes he made lots of mistakes and that was uh, uh, he, you know he was a victim of how we wanted to play um yeah. and as I, I i was never really you know a big fan he i just didn't warm to him as a player that's just a personal opinion yeah. Um, and you know, as much as I was surprised by his departure, I wasn't upset by it. But it, again, in terms of his contribution, that's a real tricky one to to, to kind of put a score on, really, because he did add value. Um, yeah. And you know, subsequently, I feel we probably, in, in in reality, did suffer as a result of his departure. So, you know, maybe one and a half stars. I mean, for half a season. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably probably fair yeah maybe one and a half two two stars um yeah for you know and, and there, there was potential you know we we did miss him once he was gone you know I again I, I was totally wrong um well I wasn't totally wrong but you know that he did make a difference when he was there he just didn't realize it until he was gone um we made a bit of money on on him you know however much that is it's probably negligible but I, I think just because you know, as, as well as his contribution on the pitch, I think the fact that we was able to get a fee for him, all right, there was still a season and a half left on his contract, but clearly, for whatever reason, the club wanted rid of him. And you know, when it's your club captain, obviously there's something not quite right behind the scenes. So I think I think everyone benefited from his departure. We got money out of it. Aberdeen got a decent centre back, and and he got a move where let's face it, he's he's done quite quite well out out of it. So so and I played, I, Euro- and played European football, mate, as well. Let's not forget. Yeah, exactly. So so I I'd say yeah, probably um, two two stars for um, for Angus Mac- McDonald. It would be would be fair. Um, so um, next next um, next up is um, um, Fife's favourite, Tommy Adeloy who came in on a free transfer from air after a pretty decent season in the Scottish championship where he scored a, a, a few goals. Um, this one, I always feel a bit sad. I mean, he's still at the club now. Um, he's on loan at Partick, isn't he? Um, Partick Fissor, yep. where I, I, I think he scored a few goals, but he's not in the team every, every week. Um, it, it was a straight again. This was another strange one because I'm pretty sure he was brought in as a first choice um, forward, um, and this is where I start to think that maybe the, um, the spreadsheet that Sandro's got isn't quite up to um, what we thought it would be because he started as a number nine first couple of games under Scott Lindsay and then was unceremoniously um, dropped. And you, you know, so obviously Lindsay didn't fancy him. I didn't really think see enough of him i don't think he got a consistent run of games for us to really form an opinion of of him and and then sort of that whole season you could just see when he did come on his confidence was just drained he, he just did not do anything when he when he did have a chance um to come on the pitch and yeah i, I think it was um against barrow away when he um 
he did he um he missed he missed the chance late late on and you could tell it it, it proper properly you know um destroyed his confidence but i think the players the players rallied around him i remember listening to it on on the radio and, and they'd sort of come around to support him so obviously his his seat his time at swindon just didn't work out the way you know anyone thought it would what, what do you think yeah i mean i think i mean let's bear in mind that adloy was brought in to fill um the, the first team boots of of tyree simpson yeah. so i i think even if you look at the, the the two players physically they're quite similar in terms of stature um and i think you know based on the success we had with simpson maybe the spreadsheet just said go and find me a player like this has had a reasonable record in front of goal of a certain yeah. age that can lead the line for a season because it clearly works um you know yeah to be fair to him he's he had one reasonable season in the scottish farmer leagues um uh, you know no disrespect to scottish football but you know if you're playing in you know division one division two out there and, and beyond you you know it's akin to vanarama north and, and south yeah. you know it's 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 not a a massively high standard but still it's a it's an area which is worth taking a punt on um in, in league two um to see to see if we can um you know polish them up a little bit and and and, and sign and, and sell them on but unfortunately simpson's shoes were a bit too big to fill um yeah. but by by tommy he is clearly a confidence player like most strikers are um and you know what became a you know the the promise of somebody coming into the team and and, and being you know and having regular minutes at this level quickly disappeared into maybe on the bench then not on the bench at all and yeah. when he did get his chance and didn't take his chances it was quite clear to see that you know he'd lost certainly a lot of faith and confidence in himself and you never want to see that in anybody um but ultimately you know has he been good enough for us when we've seen him probably not we ha he scored no. one goal hasn't he i think in a swinging shirt so yeah yeah and uh, unfortunate yeah I, I i think yeah yeah you're right mate it's um it is sad you know it hasn't worked out for him but yeah as far as his contribution goes and and obviously you know you know morris didn't fancy him either and, and nor did nor did flynn and you know of his Swindon career will come to an end at the end of this season. So, so yeah, I, I think. Um, do, do you think one star is probably fair? Uh, I think maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe one star might be too much. I think. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to give him zero because we had seen glimpses of it, and he has scored a goal. Um, yeah. Half a star then. Half half a half a star just because yeah. you know ju just because. No, that's that's fair enough, mate. Um, so yeah, we'll move move on to the next um, next sign in. Um, so we then brought in uh, Kean Harris um, from Bristol Rovers on a free transfer. He came in on a one year deal. Um, now this was more sort of suited to the, our style of play. He was ball playing centre back. He could also play in defensive midfield. Um, he was the one Swindon Town player who was allowed to come on our pod on the Fools Rush In pod, and he was very good value. To be fair, really really nice guy. And um, you know it was, it was fascinating actually listening to him and, and to, listening to him and, and talking to him. Um, but unfortunately, you know he, he had a few games where he was not great. Um, he he um, and he got sent off in that Tim Pop Cup game after a rush of blood to the head, um, and and obviously he suffered a, a, a pretty pretty bad injury. Um, so there wasn't really much we could we could go on with with Kian, ain't that right, Mark? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the, the the positives for the signing, he came from a Bristol Rovers side that had you know had won promotion, and I yeah. think you know he played he played a good number um, of fixtures or minutes for them in in that um, in that promotion winning side under Joe Barton. So, you know, he was also he's also a left sided defender and plays with his left foot. Yeah. So the, the merits of signing him on paper look fantastic. Okay, there, there was a lot to be lot to be said for you know what he could bring based on his experiences plus. You know yeah. his his attributes. Uh, I think for me, maybe I had I had doubts after that preseason friendly against Swansea. Um, that there was a you know some kamikaze decision making that was made that that that, that resulted in I think it was Swansea's second or third goal. Um, and it, it, you know he never really kind of recovered from that. I mean he did have a you know sort of two or three games of note that I could think of where, you know, he stood out and, you know, you thought, okay, you know, if we get this kind of consistency, we've got a, you know, a decent player on our, on our hands, but the injury ruined it for him. Um, yeah. the, the sending off before that, you know, probably uh, it impacted, you know, he, yeah. what, what his form could have been. He had, he had the opportunity to, have, you know, have got it, got his shoe in at that point and, you know, rather silly, um, a rather silly challenge put paid to that. So it stop start never really got going. But in Keane's in Keane's defence, he's proved everybody and his doubters one hundred percent wrong. Um, yeah. He's having a, a fantastic season now. Older shot and we're, you know part of that infamous side uh, that turned up at the county ground early this season and showed Swindon how to play football. Yes. Um, which you know, so he, he, you know he's not out of place in League Two football. He knows what it's about. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, sadly for, for for him here, his time just didn't work out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think he's one of those who potentially on on the spreadsheet was 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 you know an, an ideal um, sign in. I, I think it, it was just again you know misfortune and and, and injuries. I, I don't think that's something we can sort of pin on on Sandro really. Um, no. And 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 the, and the infamous um, spreadsheet. Uh, it was just something that didn't didn't work out. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to see Kean Harris doing doing well at Aldershot, like like you said. So uh, yeah, so what, what would you go for a star rating then, Mark? Um, well, I wouldn't say he was he was you know one of the worst, but he didn't really get enough games to get a really high sort of star rating. Yeah. Again, you know, I'll probably say half a star just because yeah. I think there was a player in there, but you know, we you know all those reasons it just never came to uh to, to to fruition well i think what i'll do is because i don't think fifey will forgive us if we give him half half a star <laughs> and, and and this is just us being biased so um you, you know people can say what they want but i think because he was a, a friend of the pod with the least we could do is give him give him one star so that's that's let, us let, let, let's just caveat that with it's not a slight on kian as an individual or as yeah. a play it's, it's about you know his the contribution to Swindon Town as a football club rather than the individual. So yeah. if people think we're being harsh or biased, it's not. It's just, you know, we got yeah. to know him a little bit on the pod and he is a sound bloke. So, you know, that, that that's probably fair. And absolutely. And when, when it comes to the star ratings, people probably find this that maybe we are being harsh. But if we had if we were talking about a load of four and five star sign ins, um, we would have been getting promoted at either one of those seasons. That's what you need. Yeah. You need four or five star quality players to make that impact and contribution to the teams. 
So that, that would have been the case. And then also me and Mark wouldn't be having this conversation now because <laughs> it, it would probably it would probably go it'd probably be a less interesting podcast for us to turn around and say, Oh, aren't we great? All these players that we come in and have been have played so well. And and that's just not in our nature, really, is it, mate? No, not at all. That'd be you know, people should start to worry if both of us are acting like that in tandem, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> mate. I, I I mean I see, you know, we we, we have a, a profound effect on the other fools in, in the pod, even Nick's um turning into a, a cynical <laughs> cynic, you know, yeah. He is, isn't he? So we've we've converted him. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so one staff for Key and then, and then we move on to um, probably one of the most injury-prone um, players that we have signed, uh, which is quite an achievement considering the players that Swindon have signed over over the years, and that's Russian Hepburn Murphy uh, came in as a as a forward on a free transfer from Paphos FC in Cyprus. Um, this one again, this one was another strange one because I'm always worried when. You sign players who are not just injury prone, but are, are actually signed and they they're carrying an injury. That that just sent alarm bells ringing for me straight straight away. And um, yeah, I, I you know I'm not a big fan of Hepburn Murphy. I don't think he's as good as what some people think he is. Um, he, you know, obviously the the thing that's going for him is his pace, but. He's just proven, you know, he's he's off the pitch more more than on it, Mark. What's your thoughts on on Pepper Murphy? Yeah, quick as lightning, but as brittle as China, I think I summed it up as. Um, you know, if you look at his youth career and his pedigree, there's a player there. Without, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, there's a player there. And obviously, we've seen um, Hepburn Murphy, you know, run defences ragged with his pace and his, you know, his ability to, you know, to move quickly with the, you know, move the ball quickly so you know how badly his body's been affected by past injuries and current injuries and again we've seen um you know that form continue into this current season where he's you know he's played a yeah. few games got, got his footing got a few goals um and then disappeared again and then struggled to you know to to, to get his fitness back i mean I, I can't remember how long his last injury was but it, it feels like forever yeah uh, but yeah, he, he has sparkled on occasion. Um, but in other matches, he's flattered to deceive and and has often resembled, you know, a a, a glass of flat Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> and may, maybe injuries have curtailed the early promise. But what I would say is, if he didn't have his pace and the ability to move the ball with that pace, he he would struggle as a footballer. Yeah. I don't think there, you know, that there's much there. So if if these injuries are mounting up and you know the his latest comeback, you know, ends up being he's lost some of that pace or lost some of that ability to move that ball quickly. Then he he's going to struggle, and we're not going to see. Yeah. He he would be he would look quite average amongst a, a team of fairly average footballers. So, um, it, it, it's a tough one. On again, but on paper, you know, you look at the actual sign on paper. Yes, I agree with you completely. You know, he was signed injured. A bit weird to sign an injured player, but you know, we've got another one we'll talk about shortly. <laughs> yes. Um, but again, you know. It, it, that promise, that promise was there. The, the uh, potential is a, is a was, very, yeah. very, very overused word. And in, in the Sandra Di Michele era, we talk about potential a lot. Um, but again, you, you can't argue. You look at you look at this and you think, well, okay, no, he, he may have something. Maybe we are the club that will get something out of him. And you kind of go yeah. with that promise. Has it happened yet? Enough? No. But he is still here, uh, and there's still half a season to uh, to change my opinion. But 
yeah, again, he has scored goals. He has contributed. He has helped win games. So it would be unfair, unfair I think, to give him too harsh a rating. Have we seen the best yeah. of him? Maybe. Yeah. That is the point. yeah. Maybe, maybe we have. Um, I think there's more, but will we see it? I don't know. I think you're right, and you know you you you're right when you're saying about his injuries, especially for someone like him who relies on 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 his pace. And and you're also right; there is a player in there. I, I remember um, Aston Villa fans at the time saying he is a good player. Who he's just been unlucky with with injuries. They they rated him quite highly, and you know we know that the Aston Villa academy is one of the best in 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 the country. So. They were in, and like I said, but it goes back to um, to potential there, and um, there has been times, you know, even I would admit where he's come on the pitch and he's made a difference, and you could see glimpses of what he's capable of. But unfortunately for me, it's it's few and far between. And again, we're going back to the contribution that they've made since since signing. So, so yeah, I, I think um, I think for Hepburn Murphy, um, what, what do you reckon? Maybe two star? Would, yeah, would that I think. Be? I think, I think two out of five is fair because, you know, if you if you ask people to pick out, you know, four or five players of, of that season, you know, yeah. that, that that maybe, you know, had moments or in Hepburn Murphy would be probably be in that top five. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, yeah. the two, two stars is fair, mate. Definitely. OK, brilliant. OK, um, so we'll move on to another injury prone player i mean he wasn't injured when we signed him um but it wasn't long before he suffered a a pretty bad in injury to to say the least and that was uh reese divine who who plays as left back came in on a free transfer from um man united and yeah i mean what what is there to say you know i've i've think he's maybe made one or two appearances i, I think in between his his injuries mark it's yeah, um made what, about what can you say 70 minutes of football, I think, in what two and a half is it two and a half years now? I don't know how long he's been here. It feels it's, it's, it feels it'll, be a, it'll be a year and a half now. A year and a half, and a half he's, he's been here, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what is a divine? I mean, that's often, yes. yeah, often, often the joke. Um, again, Man United Academy player, you know, ex Man United Academy player, we know they've got pedigree. Um, I think when it, when he was signed, and I in a, and again, I'm sure somebody can can um, tell me if I'm wrong in this, but I'm I'm sure he was referred to as a long term project. Now, a long term project to me can mean a number of things. That he's here yeah. to you know progress and develop in our you know outstanding academy uh, setup, um, or there is an underlying issue that means that he's a long term project. And I think it's the latter, not the former. So. Are we going to see Divine wearing a Swindon shirt? Well, we're now, what, the back end of January 24, and we're told it's close. Well, it's been close yeah. for God knows how many months. And yes. uh, the end of the season is also close. So uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah you're right, mate. I, I, I think as, as well, I do recall at the time that he was um, going to be a key signing for the position of, of, of left wing back as well. And then it just seemed like once he was injured, we had no... You know, it, it just affected. It just seemed to shape the whole yeah. way that we we played. So it, then we had a, a whole queue of of players filling in on as left wing back. Iandolo, who I know is naturally a left wing back, but in my opinion, that's not his best position. I don't think he's ever been that good there. And and obviously Shade and and then Wakelin later on in in the season. So. It just goes to show there was no, um, for the want of a better phrase, Plan B. 
Um, I, I, so I, I think we we put quite a lot of our eggs in in the basket for for Divine to play as the left back or um, left wing back. So so yeah, it, it's just again it, it, and that and that sort of when when it comes to it's reflective overall of our recruitment that we were so reliant on that, and then it just seemed to mess up our plans on how we approach the game from a tactical point of view and 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 the formation. Don't you reckon? Yeah, I think so. And I think, again, it's probably that very comment should have been another alarm bell ringing in our ears that we, we hadn't sensibly thought about the depth of the squad yeah. needed or certainly the adaptability um, of the players recruited if we were keeping a smaller squad um, to to cover for these injuries. Uh, we, we know we, we, it was a bit of a, um, uh, a hodgepodge. Uh, of a team selection sticking play, you know round pegs in square holes and that that you know that, that's been the case this season as well to yes. be honest hasn't it but well, you know, but it, we learned we learned from our mistakes mark apparently so well, pa- apparently we did at the end of this season so um we'll, yeah. we'll see <laughs> um so yeah what would you um what would you go for for um divine then well, you know, the, the 70 minutes that he did play also, he actually looked like a really good footballer. I'll give him yeah. that. But other than that, he's got to be a zero because... Yeah, well, we haven't seen it. What is a divine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah, zero is... is, is yeah, you, you, can't, you can't give anything for more than 70 minutes of football, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to one of the more brighter um, um, sort of... You know, sign-ins that that made a, an impact for for Swindon from this um, transfer window, and that was the sign-in of young Jacob Wakelin from Leicester on a free transfer, who who was obviously a, a striker. And um, yeah, again, this sort of, it's, it's not often that I look back on that whole season following that transfer window and and smile because he was one of the, the bright sparks you know there was his smile but it, it, it was also his his work rate he he just he would work his socks off i'd imagine that if you were a defender and you're trying to um you know keep hold of the ball and pass it around it, it would be a nightmare coming up against him because he he would charge all across the edge of the area there and and make life hell for for defenders of of, of the opposite team and of course, you know he was a you know he was a good striker, um, good striker of the ball. Um, he could finish. He could you know he, he made quite a few assists in those first couple of months as well. And you know he was on quite um, you know he, he looked it looked so promising with with him. And um, but unfortunately, again, he seemed to become a, a victim of his own versatility and his willingness to just do whatever he could for for the team. Um, you know, he, I'd have loved to have seen him in a front two or in the centre of a front three. But of course, he was never really played in those positions. And then, as we mentioned earlier, he ended up playing left wing back, which was an absolute. I, I could just never understand, uh, never understand that. Especially when when Austin came in, I'd have loved to have seen Austin and Wakelin as a front two. I, I think that would have been a really good um, strike force to to see in place, but. To put him as left wing back, I think was just totally wasted. Don't don't you, Mark? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, Lena, as far as um, the the spreadsheet gambles went, you could argue that um, Wakelin was our most successful gamble. Yeah, particularly when, particularly when he was a player that was our own as well. Um, yeah, it was a solid breakthrough for him. As always, I think you know he scored um, quite regularly you know, within the first couple of yes. months of the season and, and, and got a nice assist, uh, a nice number of assists to his name as well, which promptly. Um, uh, saw the club 
award him, I think, probably up the, the longest contract I've ever known a Swindon player be offered, which is like three and a half years or something along those lines. It was, you know, a, a ridiculous. I'm, I'm pretty name. sure. I'm pretty sure Taylor Curran got something um, something similar, but you know, uh, yeah. Different, different, yeah, different different situation, maybe. Maybe there was a bit of nepotism involved there. I don't know. You know, who, who's to say, Craig? You know, who's to say? But yeah, but but Wakelin, quick, good vision, solid engine. Um, yeah. One of those players, in a, uh, without a doubt, in, over the course of that season, there was not a single Swindon player that worked harder than Wakelin when he was on That's, the pitch. Yeah. He never gave up, regardless of the score. And fans love that. You can forget, you can put all the technical ability you want into um, a footballer, but what you want is a trier. You want to see your, you know, your team running themselves into the ground for it. And that Wakelin gave you that. I mean, on top of that, in his interviews. He's articulate. He's smart. Yeah. Um, he's got something about him from a person. So he's got all the ingredients to succeed. Um, I felt it was a shame, but not a surprise when we decided to cash in and let Peterborough take him on uh, on the transfer deadline day. And I feel sorry for the kid. I don't know whether he's had injuries or whatnot since, but he struggled to make the bench and get game time. Yeah. Um, I mean, Peterborough's a you know a cracking football club to go to. Uh, they've got you know huge success in bringing through like non-league players into their first yeah. team fall very very quickly. So their 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 model works incredibly well. So I had high hopes for him kicking on, but for whatever reason, it's not yet happened. Um, yeah. And may, maybe he'll go out on loan this January to to someone, and we'll see the, the you know the the real Wakelin return. But for us, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, um, one of our bright sparks in 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 that season. Loved him. What a footballer. Yeah. Yeah, he, def he definitely was, um, you know, one of the brighter sparks from from what was quite a disastrous transfer window. Let's face it, and you know, you, you look at his stats, and and it, you know, it was un unfortunate really. He was played out of position so often because I I think he would have got fifteen goals at least that yeah. season if if he'd have been played correctly and used correctly, especially un under Austin. If, if if them two were able to pair up, I, I could imagine. That could have made quite quite a difference. So I, I think his, you know, obviously with goal scorers, with strikers, you look at goals. You know that that is the main, you know, the main thing. But I, I think you, you have to sort of look with the amount of appearances he made, the the amount of times he, he played as a striker. It wasn't as often as what you'd like like to think. So yeah. that, that has to be taken into consideration. I think. Do you not think as well, though, I mean, I'm going to put my really cynical head on here as well. We, we've got a player that's just started into a three and a half year contract in his breakthrough season. has had a really good start to the season. I bet if we'd have kept him for another year, he still would have had another two and a half years left on his contract and therefore yeah. would have commanded a decent transfer fee. He was clearly successful in enjoying his time here. If we'd have put him up front with Charlie for a season and he bagged 15, 20 goals, we could have had more yeah. cash in the tail than what we got. So, you know, the, the, we seem to be obsessed at our football club in cashing in at the earliest available yeah. opportunity rather than a little bit more foresight. It's very short-sighted. And that concerns me, as I'm sure it does lots of people. Yeah, no, that's that. That is a really good point, Mark. It's like we'll, we'll stick instead of twist, you know, instead yeah. of going twist. Um, yeah, I, I think that's 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 a, that's that's really good because you, you know, and when we sold him was obviously at, towards the end of the um, summer '23 uh, transfer window. Um, it was probably a cash flow issue, I'd imagine. Being you know, again, it's this might be cynical, but 
we've we've seen you know with the amount of money that Clem's had to put in to keep the the, the wheels turning at, at the club, it wouldn't surprise surprise me. And like like you said, if we'd have kept him for another season, his value would have only increased. You know, and well, like you said, we, yeah. we we you know we we could have got a really decent fee. And and I, I mean, all right, there was longer on his on his contract signing him when we did, but yeah, I, I imagine. With, especially with Darren McAntony as as Peterborough chairman, he's he's not known for you know he's he's known as a tough negotiator. He, he's kind of up there with Dan, Daniel Levy. So so yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine we we probably got you know a decent um, amount of money for him, but I I don't think it, it would have been eye watering levels. Um, unfortunately, no. Um, no, but those as you know, Craig, those um, unwritten contracts. With our suppliers that apparently exist weren't going to pay themselves were they so you know, some, something something needed to be done absolutely yeah i'm, I'm sure those those non-legal um contracts were um were being called in at that particular time and, yeah. and as we know as we know cash cash is king isn't it so, 100 so yeah so um so what would you go for a star rating for uh for jake then uh breakthrough season yeah i mean i, I, I would give him a solid four Four out of yeah. five, I think. I think that's fair. Out of, out of that crop of players, he was definitely up there as one of the best. Yeah, I think he'd be one of the the, the, the few that we would give um, we would give four stars. And I think, yeah, that's that is absolutely fair. And yeah, I, I just yeah, let's let's just hope that he cracks on at Peterborough either through them or, like you said, maybe out out on out on loan. And yeah, best of luck to him. Um, so the next signing that came up, I, I think this was one towards the end of the transfer window as well. We brought in uh, Connor Brown, um, who's goalkeeper from Galway United from Ireland. Um, and again, he, I, I think he might have made one Tim Pot Trophy appearance, maybe, if, if that. Um, and obviously this was uh, a lot more longer term um, prospect. Um, what was your thoughts on Connor Brown, mate? Yeah, well, he you know, he signed from Galway. Galway have got uh, um, a, a really good setup for for bringing players through. Um, the uh, he was definitely brought in as a youth development player. You know, somebody that you know had time on his side and that we were looking to mould and perhaps um, bring into you know a first team fold a number of years down the line. I mean, he's obviously having a very successful season this year at Supermarine. Um, yeah. So you know, going into next season, if 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 what's to you know to 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 come to fruition is that a future Swindon number one, you'd hope that he would be out at a, um, a national league side or national, you know, or certainly with all due respect to our, you know, our counterparts, the Supermarine, the next kind of step up the ladder yeah. in terms of difficulty. But um, I think, you know, we haven't really seen much of him in a Swindon shirt yet. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that he's one of these players that we bought into, you know, you don't, you don't really get much loyalty in football these days, but it's nice when you've had a player on your books for X number of years. I mean, Yandelo was our, um, um, you know, what here, seven, seven, eight seasons. So, yeah. you know, it, it's nice when you've got a player that's been around that long. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that Conor Brown is one of those, that he's, he's here for the long haul um, and that he's going to be, you know, developed and used um, as a goalkeeper should be when he's brought into a football club yeah. Well, yeah. You know, rather than relying on, you know, season long loans. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're right. It's, he's he's better being out on loan to these non-league clubs rather than warming the bench and, and not getting any experience. And yeah. you know, as good as Steve Mildenhall is as a goalkeeper coach, and I'm sure he's benefited from that, as we've seen with with other keepers um, and Solbrin, who we'll, we'll talk about um, later. 
Um, but I think you're right. He needs to sort of step up maybe to National League South or North, maybe out on loan next season or even um, National League if, if, you know, if the club's confident he can, he can, he can do that level. And yeah, maybe he is one for the, for the long term who, if we can develop properly. And I think for goalkeepers, we've got a pretty good track record of, of, of bringing the best out of them, then, then that'll be a good thing. Um, I think as far as ratings-wise, because he's still at the club and he's not really, you know, done anything um, in, in the first team, I don't think it would be fair to give him any rating at all at the moment. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm in agreement, mate. That, you, you, you're spot on. But I know, hopefully we'll see... Um, hopefully we'll see him in a swimming shirt soon. You know, hopefully in the in the upcoming preseason, it'd be nice to see what he's learned and and can bring yeah. to the table for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So um, yeah, um, Connor Brand is a not applicable uh, for a rating. So so yeah, um, we'll move on to Marcel Lavinier, who was one of the players, one of the few players in the summer transfer window who we brought in on a fee uh, from Tottenham. Initially um, brought in as a right back or right wing back. Um, again, he, he was probably a victim of playing on in, in a position where, you know, we had Hutton. So he was often moved. He, again, he was another one um, who was moved to left wing back at times, which wasn't really his sort of position. But again, he, he was sort of stop start with, with his appearances. And, and of course, he scored that goal against Northampton. Um, I was there. That was just absolutely, you know, that was a quality, um, obviously a quality goal, one of the goals of the the season if not the goal of the season um but yeah he's yeah he he sort of struggled really to make an impact and then was you know move moved on what what, what did you think of um Lavinia? yeah I mean I had high hopes for him when he came in purely because um Swindon have got a really good love affinity with uh with Tottenham Hotspur in terms of yeah. bringing their players in and on and through so you know they, they, their players just seem to suit how Swindon have played if we have an identity these days um yeah. Uh, but yeah he he was very much a marmite play you, you know the he, a bit like shade in some respects you either liked him or loathed him i actually yeah. quite liked lavinia i thought he had something about him i thought that he should have had more game time um, yeah. he, did, yeah. he did seem to struggle to get it but then his, his preferred position was on the right hand side of the pitch and we seemed quite saturated there, ironically, compared to the left. So uh, I don't know whether it was the case of who draws a short straw has to play on the left-hand side this week. But, it, you know, he never really um, forced his way in. That, that that might well be a personality thing that he was never able to to, to show the determination and the grit to, 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 to make it in. Or it may well have been a case that his face didn't fit. But, you know, he ended up at what? At Forest Green Rovers as part of the uh, the, the, the Dokes deal. Um and I'd argue now, out of the two of them, we win. So, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, that goal at Northampton probably clouds my judgment a little bit more because it was a hell of a finish and he showed what capabilities he has as a footballer in, in, in that game. He was just, you know, he was unplayable. But uh, one one swallow doesn't make a summer. So, um, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Very, very much that. But yeah, you know, he, he, uh, I like Lavinia and I thought it was, I thought it was a shame that we got rid of him because I thought that he could still have offered something to our first team. I, I think defensively he was a bit more solid than, than say Hutton, but then would we have got the same amount of assists? Probably, probably not. So, so yeah, he, he, yeah, he was a victim of, of, like you said, the, um, the competition on, on that right-hand side. And like you said, I've, yeah, we got the better of the deal of the swap deal. I don't care what they say. It was a swap deal. Um, yeah, and we we got dope. So yeah, we were definitely in in um, 
in, you know, we weren't in negative equity for, for, for that. So, so yeah. Um, so with Lavinia, what would you go star wise? Again, maybe one and a half stars. Is that, is that seem harsh? Um, I mean, I, I, I think he made more appearances. I, I think he was kind of similar to, um, to shade really, but again, we're going on about contributions So shade's been here longer. So that's why we gave him, two stars so yeah I, I yeah i think having thought about it yeah one and a half stars is probably right he was only okay. here for one one season and apart from the goal which is probably worth a star on its own he probably wouldn't be getting much um much much more than that so yeah yeah i think yeah one and a half stars is, is fine for Lavinia. um speaking of one star players um we we now go on to ronan darcy who amazingly, I, I, you know, I forgot this. This was at the, at the time um, we paid a fee for him from um, from Bolton. Um, again, you know, people who listen to the pod know that I was never a big fan of of, of Darcy. Um, I often said that he sort of masqueraded as a professional footballer. Um, yeah, I just I just no, never rated him. He, he kept getting caught in possession. His his passing was woeful, and um, and I felt he was overrated because, you know, he'd have the odd game where he would do something right or he'd score the odd goal. And then people would think, oh, yeah, you know, we've got a, you know, we've got a head of a player here. But I, I wasn't sad to see him to see him go um, at the end of that that season. Um, what did you think on Darcy? Um, if you went to Poundland and bought a replica model of Luka Modric, <laughs> what you'd end up with is Ronan Darcy. So... He, the hair would look great, but the rest yeah. of it was just a generic plastic body which didn't work properly. Um, yeah. it, 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 that's where the comparison ends, sadly. He's, he's a bang average midfielder. Yeah, he did chip in with a couple of goals, uh, but he's easily and instantly replaceable by just about anybody. We should have just put an academy player in. They'd have been yeah. more effective and up for it than Darcy was. Um, yeah, he's now back with Scott Lindsay again at Crawley. So he's obviously, you know, Lindsay's clearly seen in him to be an improvement on what they had and you can't doubt Lindsay's thought process there because Crawley are having a much better than expected yeah. season considering that most were tipping them for the drop so um you know but for, you know regardless of what, what a you know professional football manager thinks um for us as a Swindon fan Darcy was shit uh there's no yeah. other way of describing it you know one star would be generous um yeah but and, I think and, you know he, he he was one player who was given plenty of chances as well. He, Definitely, he, yeah. He he started a lot of games and he was given plenty of chances. I think sometimes he was unfairly compared to to Jack Payne, which was a totally unfair comparison um, in in that role. And he, you know, we, we might be, be, you know, some people might think we're being harsh for him now, but he, he's obviously doing something at Crawley. He's doing something right. I personally felt when he has played for. Crawley against us I still see the same Darcy that played for us but obviously in other games he's you know he's he's done quite well and you know fair yeah. play to him I, I hope he goes on to prove prove me wrong and, and become a really good good player for for them but um but yeah he he was very poor in in a Swindon Town shirt and he had oh. and like some of the names we've mentioned before he had plenty of opportunities to prove his worth and and you could also argue he, he was probably starting in that team when when really he shouldn't have been yeah i don't think i don't think you can argue that i mean he kept didn't his inclusion keep aguiar out of the team as well 
which I thought was a bit. Yeah, I, I think so. Clearly, Lindsay didn't fancy Aguar, and um, you know we've me, me, you know we've I've, I've discussed on on the pod before about Aguar that I think he's been a bit unlucky, really, because when he did, he was someone who who when he did fill in for Jack Payne in that Ben Garner season, he did nothing wrong. He did really no. well, and there there wasn't you know to there wasn't much of a difference there. Obviously, he was a different player to Jack Payne, but. He, he definitely filled in that role very well. And um, then sort of after that season ended, he hasn't really been given the chance in the Swindon shirt under Lindsay, Morris or um, or, or Flynn. So maybe that well, might change now under... Um, let's let's under be honest Gunning. though, Craig. I mean, you know, uh, not replacing Jack Payne suitably was our single biggest mistake that season. Yeah. You know, regardless of the players that were playing up 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 top, having that creativity, having that play in, we, we brought nobody in, nobody of that caliber in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was one hundred percent potential, and that potential yeah. never realised. And unfortunately, when you have massive shoes to fill from your predecessor, you're going to be judged very quickly. And unfortunately, you know, with Darcy. You know, if he'd have backed a hat trick on his debut, maybe I wouldn't be sat here being quite so harsh, but he didn't and he hasn't. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I think as well, um, I think it was Woody, he'd gone to the um, the, the friendly where Darcy was on trial and so was Wakelin, and and he 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 called it there. He said Wakelin will be one hell of a player, Darcy won't be, and um, he was he was proven right. But Woody is is a coach, so he you know he's obviously got an eye, eye for a player. Um, so, uh, what would you go for a star rating, if any? Uh, well, I think um, no, it would be unfair not to give him anything. So, I mean, a token half a star, just because he yeah. made so many appearances. So, yeah. contribution was there. Yeah, true. Yeah, very true. I think half a star is is fair. Um, I'll, I'll let you start with this one, the next next one. It was uh, Saidu Khan uh, who came in on, on another, uh, another fee from um, National League uh, Chesterfield. Yeah. Again, you know, he on paper looked like uh, an incredibly good signing. You know, he'd had a good goal scoring pedigree for Chesterfield. You know, yeah. and players that are excelling in the in the National League do tend to fit League Two quite well, or yeah. you know, or, or, or the, 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 you know, the, the, being able to bridge that gulf um, in quality shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, so yeah, I was quite excited when he came in. Big, strong. Um, you know, central midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder um, and shouldn't be relied on for his defensive ability. Uh, but in that first season, I think he picked up more, more red cards than Darren Bullock did in his time here. So, yes. um, yeah. you know, it, 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 temperament was definitely definitely an issue. I mean, he's he's clearly cleaned up his game. He's not been sent yeah. off touch with this season yet. And forward is definitely his best route of play. Um He's not so good when looking to win the ball and he can be still be a little bit rash in his um, want to try and support and cover. And, you know, yeah, you know, so again, he he has improved, but is he playing at his peak? I don't know. Yeah, I think some of his decision making, especially sort of defensively, is is up for question and, and, and his sort of movement. Off, off the ball, which which was probably partly why he he got so many red cards um, that season. But like I said, he's he's, he's cleaned up his his game. And um, Chesterfield fans were raving about him. And like you say, that bridge, I think, sort of top half National League, bottom half of League Two. There's a lot of sort of you know blurring of the lines there. Yeah. You, you know, so for him to make that transition and and play well, you know, he he had more good games. 
that season than bad ones and and the same this this season really and it was good that eventually we stopped using him as a defensive midfielder because he was a defensive liability let's face it and uh, certainly this season under under Flynn he he was playing more in the, the more forward sort of um role in 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 the in the midfield so yeah again he was another one that was more of a bright spark um out of the 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 signings that we made in this um transfer window um came in on a fee obviously he's been like like Hutton who we'll talk about later seems every transfer window since we've signed him he's being linked um away obviously he's being linked to um Wrexham at the moment um and who are supposedly going to pay you know quite a decent fee for him if they do come in before the end of the transfer window so I mean if we did get a fee for him depending on what that is that might be that might be good business or do you I mean do you think because I don't know when his um contract is up but do you, do you think we should cash in now on on Khan or leave him until the end of the season I mean we, we're recording this at the end of January where we know that pretty much we're not going to get into the playoffs most likely and we're not going to get relegated. So obviously we've got to take that into consideration. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think his contract's up at the end of the season. Yeah. So you know, if we're going to sell, it's likely to be this window. Otherwise, you know, we don't tend to offer players um, terms that in, in, entice them to sign an extension. So the, the, the likelihood is he'll leave at the end of the season. If we don't sell him now. So the, the business sense says we should sell him. Yeah. Um, is he is he replaceable? Without a shadow of a doubt, I guess it just yeah. depends on how Gav Gunning wants us to play between now and the end of the season, what type of player he needs or wants for the squad. Let's be honest. So, you know, we might have a couple of players in the youth team that could step up and fill that fill that void, yeah. which is more of a, a a likely route than not based on um, you know what we're spending. But saying that, there might be a ready-made player that we've got earmarked um, to to come in before the window, where we're keeping tabs on. That would cause the knock-on for him to to transfer out but yeah. let's not forget as well he's what 27 now i think as well yes. which seems to be seems to be incredibly old for us yeah. within our current makeup of squad so i would be surprised if we didn't sell him i really would especially for the money that's rumored that wrexham are willing to spend you know that's that i don't think you know we if, if they did pay that we would get good value out of that transfer deal whereas they they I, wouldn't so um so yeah, but um, but yeah, his his contribution to Swindon in the time he's been here, you know, we can't, you know, there's there's no there's no doubt in that. So uh, what would you go for a, a star rating? Uh, a solid three stars, I think. And I mean, the yeah. only reason I'm the only reason I'm I'm taking off a half star is because of the the number of red cards in that first season. You know, the petulance yeah. that went with it. Yeah. No, I, I think I think that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I was going to go for three stars as as well. So um, next um, player up is uh, Romeo Hutton, who came in as a sort of right-sided midfielder, a, a right wing back. Uh, came again, another one who came in on a fee from Barrow. Um, when we signed him, I, I, one of the things that I remember was that he was well known for his um, long throw, which is obviously something we've never really utilised. Um, but obviously, he's you know he's contributed a lot in his town career, um, especially if you look at the statistics: twenty-one assists in seventy-seven games. Um, you know, one of the you know highest um, assist rates in the EFL. Um, yeah, he, he you know, and obviously he's been he, he was one of the few positives from that transfer window, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he's been an ever-present ever pick and has been our chief creator um, in his time at the club. I mean, you, you could argue that, you know, that's suited him well and obviously earned, earned him a move away, um, apparently on, you know, some ludicrous wages by comparison now. But it, it's also been to our detriment because all of our attacking play, um, generally speaking, has, has has gone through Hutton to ping the yeah. ball in. Um, and obviously a thousand crosses in sooner or later, somebody's going to, you know, make connection with one and, and, and score a goal. So it has made our play predictable. Um, and obviously that's now got to change. So, you know, it, it was probably the right time for him to go. Um, you know, going for, I, I liked Hutton going forward. I think most players, most fans will resonate with the fact that, yeah, going forward, he was a good player. You can't argue yeah. his contribution. There aren't many players um, that I can think of in this division that are better pound for pound yeah. going forward. And, and the stats do back that up. Absolutely. However, yeah. he's very much a player who's blinkered. Like the horses are where blinkered. He has to have the game in front of him. Yeah. What's going on behind and then what to do if something happens behind him, there's a massive disconnect. So, you know, you think back to that first goal uh, away at Wrexham. Yeah. Um, we, we just disappeared. Recently, that game against uh, Colchester. Yeah, with with um, Dokes, yeah, with with Dokes there and the mess they got into there. Now you know some of that's going to be down you know, to to coaching on set pieces, um, if, if there was any. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 conversely, the defensive awareness, you know, yeah. isn't is isn't there. I mean, yeah, he could you know he'd run back after a player, but he was never getting in front of them, winning the tackle and delaying the play. That's just not his style. So good luck to him at um at Gillingham. Uh, actually, no, I don't mean that. Fuck him, he's gone. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he's playing. He's playing for the Pikes now. So uh, best of luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know. I, I think some people feel that maybe some of our fan base are harsh on Hutton, and, and like I said, you can't question him going forward. But defensively, he 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 was poor, and you could argue that some of our defensive issues are down. You know, down to him when when he's left the defense um, exposed. But again. You, you know, with how good he is. And again, he's one of those players that's been linked away from the club every transfer window since we signed him. I think if he was as good as people think he is, and he, he is good, he's good for League Two, like you said, can't have anyone better going forward with, with assists. But if I, I think we, when it comes to us rating him, I think if he was as good as people thought he was, he would have got a move to a League One club and not to um, not to Gillingham. So, so I think we have to bear that in mind with with our our star ratings. Um, what what would you go for, Mark? I mean, to be honest, if you, I, and again, this this might split opinion, but I'd probably stick him in at two and a half stars. Yeah. Two and a half stars because you know if he if he was any higher, then he would have got a move out of um uh, you know to, to a better club than a League Two club. Although. That being said, if the rumours are true in terms of what he's earning and what Gillingham are paying, I'd probably stay in League Two as well. So, <laughs> yeah. then saying that, I don't think anyone from a League One club made enough um, um, argument to, to to sign him. Uh, yeah. It was either a case of uh, who was the other club that was interested? Who did he travel up north to see? Stockport, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, he, full Johnny, he went full Johnny Williams and uh, went to Gillingham instead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, they, they got to give it to the to, to the girls. They 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 know how to shit house a signing, don't they? Um, I, I would say two and a half stars is a little bit harsh. I, I would I would go for three three stars. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that will even at three stars that will cause a lot of uh, feedback in the uh, in the comments uh, when this goes goes out. But that's what it's all about. Football's all about do, opinion. Do you know? Do you know what, Craig? He could have been a four star player. Yeah. Because, and, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you the one thing that's been nagging away at me that made me stop rating him a four star for all of his contribution. His attitude never seemed to be there. He never seemed yeah. to care. You know, yeah. there was never, he didn't exude a, a passion or personality. Like, you know, recent games, the, the Forest Green game, albeit it was only beating Forest Green, but, um, you know, Tom Brewitt was like banging his chest and giving it the big one to the fans at the end. And you kind of thought, you know, that's what I want to see from a player. Yeah, they realise they've had a, you know, a shit game and they pulled themselves back into it. But you never got that with Hutton. There was never yeah. a single game where he looked excited to be playing football. Yeah, I, I, anyway. I, think that, I think there was a disconnect between him and some of the, the, the the fan base um unfortunately and and like, like you say that the, the uh, for, for me personally i think the bare minimum i want to see is you know them working hard and, and giving their all and, sh and showing it you know show that um sort of emotion but um, um some players aren't like that you know it's just you know it's probably just his natural um personality he doesn't get you know drawn in, in into that sort of thing um unfortunately but I, I think um, I think three stars is is fair to him, and you know we obviously wish him the best of luck at um, at Gillingham. Um, but but yeah, I, I think you know we, we could probably have had a whole episode on Hutton with the rest of the the, the, the fools um, dis discussing it. But we and um, we have to move on. We've got a few more um, signings to go through, so let's let's um, go for them. Um, so the next one was uh, Morgan Roberts, uh, who came in um, towards the end of the transfer window, I think pretty much on transfer deadline day, who was an uh, old-fashioned winger from Banbury. Um, again, we paid a fee for him, um, which looked like a bit of false business because we unceremoniously released him at the end of the season. Um, again, this, this, this was another strange sign-in, minimal appearances. Uh, I think he was put out on loan didn't make, again, much appearances on loan. And I think we mishandled his development. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with him, or to be honest with you, Craig, the, the whole signing of a winger was just obscure. We didn't yeah. play with wingers. We don't play with wingers. So yeah. what, what were we looking for with this signing? I, I, it, it just didn't add up. Um, I think he played some minutes in that season's uh, Johnson's Paint Tim Pot uh, competition. But again, you know, he, he looked fairly run of the mill as a footballer. Yeah, out on the left hand side, he was left, you know, left sided, wasn't he? So yeah, I, I think I think we even had a spell as left wing back when he came on as uh, shock. as yeah. as, as uh, yeah, shock. Um, he looked quite lightweight. I think I, I think sort of League Two was probably out of his depth. I, I, I think it, from the that might sound harsh because we didn't see him play play often, but he. Yeah, he didn't look too comfortable when when he did come on. I, I, I think, and again, I, I think if we'd have loaned him out to a decent level, obviously above Banbury, may maybe because I think they were in, I think they were in the National North at, at the time. Maybe loan him out to a National League club that might have been better for him rather than being on the periphery of of, of, of the team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe you know, going to. He could have gone to someone like Oxford City this season, you know, in, you know, yeah. been, been been getting some good game time, and you know, in one of the unfancied squads, but to prove his metal. But yeah, it's just you know, it's another one of those weird signings. 
I mean, yeah. I'd understand if we if we were playing an orthodox four four two or a four, you know, or, yeah. or, 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 or any well, formation, he would have been one for the future, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, but we, we, that. we don't, and we haven't. Well, I mean, when did we last play four four two or with wingers? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember. That's oh, that's for sure. Yeah, it has been a while. Um. So so yeah, with with um Morgan Roberts because minimum contribution. I think it'd be harsh to give him. A rating. I, I think he's going to be another one that's maybe non non applicable. Would you say? Yeah, I think so. It yeah. can't be unfair on him. No, fair enough. And obviously, we wish him all, all the best. Hopefully, I, I don't know where he is now, but hopefully, he can get back to the level he was, and then maybe you know um, go for, further up the pyramid. Um, so yeah, next one up is um, Tom Clayton, who came in um, on a fee from Liverpool. Um, he came in as a centre-back, but could also play as a defensive um, midfielder. Um, and again, you know, this, oh, this 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 one was, it's one that's just so sad because he started off so well, didn't he, those first few months. And we thought we had one hell of a player on our hands, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Left-sided centre-back, looked comfortable on the ball, you know, fairly imperious in the air for somebody that hadn't played, um, you know, regular first-team football. Uh, obviously, you don't get to be captain uh, of a side without having something about you, and obviously we you know we seem to have a record of uh, signing Liverpool captains from youth level. So, it, it, and he was the first of those, um, and he looked like he was going to be a solid League One uh, potential potential League One centre back. Um, you yeah. know, bearing in mind we were aiming for uh, for, for promotion that season. Um, what I would say is, I mean, he was the first player I'd seen in a while where I looked at how he was playing and thought, do you know what? We've done well there for going by Sandro's spreadsheet because yeah. he he had the potential to be a seven-figure transfer out for this club. He looked like he was going to be one of those players. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, injury has ruined him on a couple of occasions since, and you know, even when he made his comeback um, between these injuries, he didn't look comfortable or quite right, and almost a a shadow of his of his his former self now whether that's just him rustiness and needing to fight get his foot back into to to to, to games or whether yeah. or not it's an impact you know physically or psychologically from the injuries had we don't know but he's he, he's going to need wrapping up in cotton wool a little bit and making sure he's bang on for coming back in rather than out of necessity which i think was what his inclusion was um Know, coming back from injury quite so quickly, you know, so quickly, we needed a centre back to be available yeah. and playing, rather than him maybe getting 15 minutes on the bench just to come out and ease his foot back in. You know, another alarm bell that starts starts ringing when you realise <laughs> that the squad the squad depth maybe isn't you know where it should be. Um, I'm hoping, and I really am hopeful that that that, that Clayton can find the form that he showed at the beginning. He's clearly got it in him. He's clearly had it all the way through his youth career up to that point as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is just a, you know, a, a bit of a setback that all players get um, and that he can get back to playing his best because when he is, he, you know, he, 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 he is a cracking footballer and, and I'm hoping yeah. we, we get the benefit of that um, for, for a spell. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see, you know, if it, if it works out well with the two centre-backs we've brought in uh, recently in, in Johnson and um, uh, McCarthy, I would really love to see Clayton playing as a defensive midfielder in front of the defence because, you know, we, we know he can defend, but he's also got that ball playing ability. You know, he he would he he would be a, a much bigger upgrade to Kinsella, who's, who's you know, we know he, Kinsella does the best he can and he works hard. But I, I think um, 
I think Clayton would be ideal for that role if if we can afford to move you know move him out from from you know from from the centre back position. I, I would love to see see him there, but um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And obviously, we hope that when he does come back from his injury, which I think is pretty soon, he's he's due back. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah, um, on the cusp, whatever that yeah. means. So um, <laughs> yeah. depending um, on what happens between now and the end of the transfer window, we'll probably uh, expedite that. Uh, True, but very true, and, and and hopefully he will be um, in a much better frame physically and mentally than he was the last time he he came back. But definitely a, a brighter spark, and th- yeah, that that contribution he made initially when he came on, you know that that cannot be underestimated. Um, so um, star rating for Clayton, um, I'm going to stick him in at two and a half stars. I think you know slap slap bang in the middle is fair. Could have yeah. been, it pro- probably would have been more if he'd been fit the yeah. whole season, and and maybe you know some of that you know rating is weighted towards you know his, his first few months. But I can only speak as I find, and I you know I, I genuinely think he's you know a, a solid defender. I, I yeah, I think he would have been a four star had we have kept him fit. But that's all ifs, buts, and maybes. Like I said Absolutely. it's about the contribution. He's been out injured, and you, you know I think two and a half star is is fair. Like I said, mainly for that those first few months when he was um, when he first you know got into the, got into the team. Um, now we're going to move on to one of your favourite strikers of all time, <laughs> Mark. Um, Luke Jeffcott, who came in on deadline day, I believe, um, on loan from Plymouth. And I remember the, the fan base at the time being, you know, so some of the fan base were quite excited by him because, you know, he scored quite a few goals in Plymouth's promotion season the last time they were in League Two. But um, unfortunately, it just didn't didn't work out for him at, at Swindon. No, I mean, let's not forget he did score a few goals. I want to say he scored something like nine goals, didn't he? It was, um, you know, yeah. seemed seemed fairly prolific for the number of appearances he had. So he was around the one in three mark, I think, for um, for for goals. And you, you kind of thought that would have been enough to, um, you know, warm warm a player to you as a fan. But he was incredibly painful to watch, incredibly yeah. slow. Um, let's not forget. I mean, he, I mean, he had limited, again, limited ability. He he's a he is your, your stereotypical target man. You get lump the ball up to him, he'll stick it in the back of the net. When you play him in the front two, somebody else does the running, he punches yeah. and, and gets the ball in the back of the net. And we decided not to use him in that capacity at all. We thought yeah. we'd carry on with our, you know, three-pronged attacking approach and that he would work well with the running up and down and all the rest of it. He didn't. He, he just... It, it wasn't his game, him. was it? I really didn't. Again, it was just a bizarre... A really bizarre move. If you know, if, you, if you're bringing in a player to do that, then surely you stick two up front and play them in a the front two because that's how yeah. it's been successful. What were we looking to achieve for a player that wasn't our own? Um, yeah. And God forbid. I mean, we had that opportunity to buy him for two hundred thousand pounds, <laughs> carrying yeah. carrying on playing the way that we were playing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I really don't want us to be spending that kind of cash. And you know, God forbid, you know, we we could have afforded to anyway, but. Um, <laughs> I don't think we'd have ever seen a return on it. It just, no. It's just, but I, I, you know, and I literally did pray, you know, please don't let this become a signing because it would have been a huge waste of money, a huge waste of money. He's, he wasn't suited. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously Jeff got, is, is clearly good at what he does, you know, yeah. get him in, the, get him in the six yard box and have someone else to do the running and provide him with the ammunition. He'll score goals. But he would never be a good partnership with Charlie Austin. They're too similar. No. 
now yeah. at their state this their, their stages in their careers um and you can't have you couldn't how would that work so yeah. you know it, it's a shame I, I would like to have liked him more and i'm yeah. saying you know perhaps i you know should have liked him more because of the contribution that he made but i rated josh davidson more highly than i did um uh, luke jeffcott and their, yeah. their their goal contributions were similar but davidson was a grafter yeah um jeffcott wasn't he just couldn't do it um for want of a better expression so yeah so unfortunately in the bin for me no i, I think because of the way we played he, he didn't really offer much else did he you, you know and unlike like you said compared to like someone like davidson or um or Wakelin, so so yeah, um, it, it seemed like a bit of a pointless loan, a panic loan, I think, towards the end of the transfer window. Shit, Adeloy hasn't worked out. We need to get yeah. someone in quick, quickly. And you know, he's nothing like Adeloy type of player, which is probably why it was a a, a panic loan. Um, so, um, I mean, obviously, because of his goal contribution, would would you say one star? Would that be too harsh or? Um, well, I, I, I'm giving a generous one star because of his goal contribution. I mean, I feel <laughs> like you know somebody that scored that number of goals is almost the perfect foil as a, a number two striker. You know that you'd think yeah. they've obviously done well. They contributed a bit like the old, you know, um, uh, uh, Billy Painter, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of kind of kind of role. But he's not even he's not even fit to to, to lace up Billy Painter's boots, mate. So no, one one star is um, one star is more than adequate. I feel fair enough. Um, talking of pointless loans, uh, the next oh. one is um, Ki- <laughs> Mark's loving this. Uh, we, we were uh, for, for those who are listening, we do finish on on a high. So as, as you could probably guess, with the the few players that we got got left, um, Kieran Brennan came in on loan from uh, Sheffield Wednesday as a centre back, and yeah, I mean this this was this was a pretty disastrous signing, I think, Mark. I mean. I can imagine how this conversation went. It's like, you know, shit, we've got 5p left in the budget. Um, <laughs> we need a centre-back. And Sandro being on the phone, ringing around as many clubs as possible, saying, look, tell me they've got some experience as centre-back and we'll take them. And all, all those clubs waiting for all of their lone players or the ones who promised to go out. And Sheffield Wednesday going, oh, we've got one we've got no intention of playing. Um, <laughs> let's give Sandro a call back and say, right, here you go. You can have him for nothing see what you can do that that was what Kieran Brennan was like absolutely horrendous footballer um often looked more like a rabbit in the headlights um which is not what you want from a defender certainly not from a centre-back um and all I will say in his defense is that the injury that he suffered that curtailed his loan saved our season horrendous awful footballer sorry I think, yeah whenever, whenever I, I, I saw him I was, I was just like Christ we, we've got him from Sheffield Wednesday he, he was definitely a reject bin player yeah. which might sound harsh and, and for those of you who don't know the reject bin that's from the raggy dolls um and unless you're over the age of 35 you probably don't get that <laughs> reference but we're all for obscure references on on Fools Rush in, but yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. Reject bin loan, a, a, absolutely a, a pointless sign. It we we needed a centre back, and like I said, I think it was out of sheer desperation we got him. He wasn't yeah. a spreadsheet signing, I don't think. No, I don't think we could afford anyone that was on the spreadsheet, and that, that was what was left. Um, to, to be fair to to to, to you, Craig, I mean, if we could offer a negative rating on a player, this would be the only one that would get one. <laughs> No, fair um, enough. So, so I take it you, you're going zero stars then. I'm going to go you know, in order for you know to to, um, to enforce continuity. I will go with zero stars. <laughs> Absolutely, that sounds good to me, mate. 
So we've just got two more to go, and um, they're both um, both positive ones. You'll be pleased to, to hear those of you that are, that are listening. Um, so yeah, so the um, next one up is uh, Sol Brin, who came, obviously came in on loan as a goalkeeper from um, Middlesbrough. Um, definitely one of our, our, our good sign-ins from this um, transfer window. Um, I do remember when he played his first game, he was a little bit, he made a couple of mistakes and the, the town end was really on his on his back. And there's a lot of questions online whether we'd made a mistake or not. But this guy showed a maturity, I think, beyond his years and to, to bounce back from that, you know, to that, that sort of mentality to come back. It was as if it didn't phase him and he came back and, and he ended up, you know, showing that he was a good goalkeeper you know, and, and he was the type of goalkeeper we needed. He was some somebody who fitted the spreadsheet, being this person who can dis, is, whose distribution was good. Um, some may say, including myself, who wanted Ward as number one that season, that it was a bit harsh on him. But clearly, Ward's style of play didn't fit the the the, the new approach that we were that we were having. You know, Ward didn't do anything wrong, but you know, Bryn obviously could do something that that Ward Ward couldn't and um and you know he he was you know Brit, you know it turned out to be the correct decision i think in the end with Bren yeah i think so i mean I, I get i can understand why our fan base were very quickly um on on Bryn's back and it, i don't i don't necessarily think it's purely because of the mistakes i think it's more on the lines of we felt that Ward had done enough yeah. Um, to earn his right as the first choice goalkeeper. And I don't think anyone really um, would argue against that. You know, we all felt that, you know, he he, he was a solid understudy and stepped in well um, with, with Wallacott the season before. And, you know, the, he, you know, the performances that he put in that season were fantastic when he was called yeah. upon. So you kind of thought we had a ready-made number one to replace the, you know, Wallacott's departure. Why wouldn't he, um, why wouldn't he get the chance? So to then bring in a lone goalkeeper, you know, basically a player that isn't your own to start and develop, you know, I, I can kind of, I can kind of understand. And then when you see his, you know, first couple of, you know, maybe certainly his first week or so, and the uncertainty and the, the, you know, the the, the mistakes that were made, um, fans were right to be horrified that somebody's come in and, you know, usurps Ward from his, you know, rightful yeah. position as number one. But you know, the 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 the, the cold start um uh, aside he did rapidly become the first name on the team sheet um he developed incredibly well here and you know what i will say for our goalkeeping setup is uh, milden always worth his weight in gold whatever whichever goalkeeper he's worked with over the last few years they have all improved it's the one yeah. position in our team that i look at the goalkeepers that we've had it's certainly over the last 10 years um or the time that, that the milde has been involved in the setup and you look at and think you know that goalkeeper has improved they have got better yeah. and you can't say that for every position on the pitch um yeah i mean he, he rapidly became probably the first name that was put on the team sheet that season he you know exuded confidence he gave us um good cover for us to to, to play how we wanted to play up front and was able to support the team with the mistakes that were made so players had the confidence to do things that were maybe a little bit you know out of the normal, try and do the tricksy thing rather than it, it becoming more introvert and just doing the basic to try and avoid conceding a goal or making a mistake. So you, you have to say that you know th those qualities were um, were of huge benefit to our team yeah. and our performance that season. Now you can kind of 
you know, you look at the end of the season wards and, you know, Sol Brin, you know, you know, won pretty much a clean sweep, pretty much a clean yeah. sweep, apart from one other player who we've yet to come on to, who, who ran in very close. But usually it's as a result of um, a goalkeeper winning the end of season wards. It's usually as a result of your team either being relegated or being the the, the bright yeah. shining light that's, you know, been so busy. They picked up so many player of the match performances as a result. Um, but I think for, for, for Brin, it was, you know, it, it wasn't just match saving performances, you know, it was that distribution. It was that his yeah. all round game and everyone could see that, you know, he'd fought back and proved everyone wrong and consistently proved everybody wrong. Um, they made him such an immense player in that team without a shadow of a doubt. I know I, I absolutely, one of, one of my favorite goalkeepers that we've had here in recent years. And that's quite saying something because we, you know, we, we, we have had some really good goalkeepers, especially those who we've brought in on loan over the years and of course he's on loan now in league one with with orient and doing well there you know under, yeah, absolutely. Under Wellens. um you know I, I think i i remember an interview that he had towards the end of last season where he was saying that he was hoping to break into the middlesbrough first team and that just shows the confidence of him in his own ability now obviously that didn't happen but he has made the next step up under under Wellens and so hopefully you know after this season maybe he will you know break into the Middlesbrough team or you know maybe go go elsewhere but he, he's definitely one and I, I think you know me and you said uh, you you said sorry Mark off offline that you know he's yet to reach his peak you know goalkeepers it's normally late 20s isn't it early 30s that they hit their peak so so I think, um, yeah, there's, you know, we, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to help him with his development. And obviously it was to our benefit as well. I know um, Woody will probably disagree that, you know, some of the saves he meant, that's him doing his job, as, as Roy Keane would would would, would say. Um, we know we know Woody has a slightly different um, opinion when it comes to, to Bryn. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think with the saves he made, you know, and the points he saved as well, we'd have been in a much worse position that season. Absolutely. I think and not to forget them. I mean, he's, he's only what 23. So yeah. come the end of this season with the very minimal league appearances that he'd made for other clubs prior to coming to us for the season alone, plus what he's achieving at Orient, he'll have already had over a hundred first team yeah. appearances. So, you know, I, I hope that he goes all the way and ends up being an established premiership goalkeeper. Um, mm. And he's, he certainly has all the attributes. So he, he's one one ex-player that um, I'm very much looking forward to um, to seeing where he ends up. Yeah, we'll certainly be um, keeping an eye on him. That's that's for sure. Um, so star rating for for Solbrin? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him the four and a half stars, and just just yeah. because you know, again, he 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 aside from Wakelin um, and, and and one other player, that he he was definitely the um, the brightest spark of the season and deservedly won the awards that he won. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue against that, mate. Um, so last but certainly not least, uh, we move on to Fraser Blake-Tracy, who um, primarily was signed as a left-back, left-wing-back, but could also um, fit in at centre-back, as he did um, last season and, and this season, of course. Um, he was a panic loan. Let's make no bones about it. He was a pa panic loan, but one that worked out for us. Um, he obviously came in when uh, Devine was, was injured. And, you know, he's turned out to be, uh, you know, a, a fan favourite at the county ground. Uh, again, another one who works hard and is solid. He's got the, you know, the proper defensive attributes 
to be a good defender. I've always likened him as a like a Stuart Pierce, old fashioned left back, who's not too bad going forward as well. Um, I personally think left back is his best position in a four four two or four three three, and um, hope hopefully you know under under Gunning, you know if we play that position, we'll see the best best of him because sort of this season. He's been part of a defence that's obviously leaked a, a lot of goals, which I think is unfortunate because I don't think it's a fair reflection of Blake Tracy as a player. No, I mean, you know, for me, um, FBT epitomises everything that I want to see in a defensive player. He's aggressive. Um, he's um, um, communicative. You know, he, he's very good at shouting and barking orders and expressing yeah. how he feels with his physical actions and, you know, with, you know, with his with his temperament that you kind of feel drawn to it. And that's what you want, you know, you, that, that's what you want from your defender. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good with his head. He's, he, you know, he's equally good with his feet. He's, he's quick. He's got that engine. Um, so, you know, you can quite understand why he's up and down that, that side of the pitch as frequently as he is. But to be fair to him, he's also been adaptable. And pulled, you yeah. know, he, he's pulled rank and been forced into playing as a centre-back. I don't think he'd choose to play there. But, yeah. you know, he's gone, you know what, I'll adapt my game. I'll do what's been asked of me. And, I you know, I'll, I'll do my best at doing it. And more, more often than not, he's excelled in the centre-back position. Yes, he's had some games where he hasn't been at his best or he's made some mistakes, but Christ, you know, I can't think of any player in any of the Swindon teams of recent years we, we, you know, we, we, that have played consistently for the course of 46 <laughs> matches. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in League Two. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, in terms of how I would rank him now, before people get the wrong idea, okay, Sean Taylor was my favourite Swindon player of all time for lots and lots of reasons. Yeah. As much as I love Fraser Blake Tracy, he's not in the same league as Sean Taylor and not many players will ever fall into that category for me. However, that being said, he is my favourite defender since Sean Taylor for lots of different, for a lot of the same reasons. I see lots of the characteristics. He puts his head in when it hurts. He's been bandaged up like Sean Taylor. You know, he he doesn't want to go off the pitch. He wants to carry on. He gives everything. He's a fighter and, you know, things I love to see. Um, yeah. So, yeah. He's, he's proper captain material, isn't he? I know people say that that you can overstate the importance of a captain this, this you know, in this day and age in, in football. But I, I think he's definitely, you know, he is someone who you could look to as, as part of the, the leadership makeup of, of, of the team. I know he's not captain out, outright, but he, he definitely would be. Uh, you know, one who I who I'd love to see as um, the captain of, of of Swindon Town, and of course yeah. he he did so well initially during that loan period that we ended up um, um, purchasing him, and um, that was you know one of the few good bits of business that we done that season because I think without him again he'd be he's another one where we would have been in a much worse position last season and, and arguably this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I was incredibly happy. He was the one player, actually, the one low knee. I mean, I knew that, you know, realistically, the Sol Brim was only ever going to be on yeah. a season-long loan. So, you know, aside from Sol, who I would have loved us to have signed permanently, um, Fraser seemed to be a more realistic opportunity. Frozen out of Burton, not really getting the chances there. Dropped down to prove himself, proved himself, became yeah. an instant fan favourite. Um, you know, it was one of those ones that I hoped the club would, you know, bend over backwards and, and ensure... 
happen, you know, would happen and become a permanent transfer. And you know, to be fair to the club, you know, you know, yeah. I, I do, I do give them plenty of stick and slander. Most of it is justified. No, in fact, all of it's justified. <laughs> um, but you know, on the, on this occasion, you know, they, they 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 did the right thing, made it happen, and I was, you know happy with the powers that be as a result of it so yeah Fraser I mean he's, he's just great I, I know and I hope yeah. he's around for a few years more yeah yeah you can see him as being someone who, could, who who would stay at the club for a long time which these days doesn't happen very often that you get players who would stay more than two two or three seasons but I, I think I could see him being here for many um, seasons to come um, so let's um, let's go for a, a star rating for our final player then for Blake Tracy what would you go Mark um, again, for for everything that he did, I mean, am I being over generous with a four, and should it be a three and a half? That's kind of where I'm sat. I, I guess we'd have to look back and compare what we've done so far. So that, that, there might be some inconsistencies there, I'm sure. But as as we said, this is subjective. This is a bit of fun that that me and you know something that me and you have wanted to do for a while. So if you want to go for a four, I'm I'm happy with a four as well. Yeah, you, right. Let's look in. I think we've talked ourselves into giving him a four, to be honest, mate. Yeah, so, uh, right, yeah. so, yeah, after all that, I think we'd be doing him a disservice not to give him a four. So um, that's the end of the player ratings. Um, we'll just have a quick chat about this transfer window overall. Um, it wasn't a disastrous transfer window. We'll save that for the next episode for um, January 23, which was nothing short of disastrous. But it was a thoroughly disappointing transfer window, I felt, after so much promise at the beginning, we, again, we have to bear in mind the amount of players we, we lost. So there was a lot of quality that we needed to bring in. Um, we were definitely in negative equity by the end of that transfer window, um, Mark, don't don't you think? Yeah, I think so. The, 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 the one player who we lost, which left a massive hole in that squad, was Jack Payne. Yeah. Um, and I don't care what anybody says, regardless of the shenanigans that went on with, you know, is he staying, is he not staying? Have we offered a contract? No, we didn't offer him this and all the rest of it. You know, that it, we should have made the effort to yeah. retain him. I think he want, I think he wanted to stay, and you know, he deserved the the salary that he was asking for. He was worthy yeah. of it because he made this team better. And yeah. you know, if we have aspirations of trying to get out of this league, then you need to be retaining players like that in their in their prime. Yeah. Um, to, to to propel you up the league. So, yes, the disappointment for me came, and it was like it really was like a hole in the heart, to be honest, because I thought we haven't replaced Jack Payne. Yeah, and I'm looking at, and I just felt I felt incredibly flat as a result of it. Now, that's no disrespect to any of the other players that came in. I we just didn't get that um, that feel good uh, signing that yeah. you know everyone gravitated towards. I mean, yeah, the season before it was a complete unknown. It was a hodgepodge of players and. But everyone had a little bit of an affinity for those players that kind of ripped up their contracts or put being paid on, you know, that that five, six players, you know, those five, six players that stuck with yeah. us. Um, you know, you had a bit of respect and time and affinity for those guys. And you know, to see some of those disappear and not be retained, it was just like, you no, know, there's a kick in the teeth. And yeah. Jack Payne excited me. You know, yes, Kemp's gone on and since, you know, filled that void for us this season. But again, a player that's not ours. And we'll come on to him in another pod, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I, you know, for, for me, I think I remember saying to you at the time when we were doing our pre-season predictions, this this squad seems woefully short of being where we need it to be. I yeah. don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I think we're looking at a 10th to 13th, I think I said. Yeah. Um, I, and I think it was bang on the money, sadly. Yeah, I think I was similar to you, shock. <laughs> and, um, you know, we there was... 
there seemed to be an acceptance of mediocrity with these signings, I think. And that's just my opinion, you know, um, and it's always easy with hindsight. But I, I think as, as well, you know, you know, people said about, you know, the, the, the quality that was brought in, but also Scott Lindsay come in for a lot of criticism, um, justifiably so at times. Some of the football yeah. was just absolutely turgid. But I, I think the recruitment was key to that to that season being a, a, a non-event. And, um, you know, I was questioning Sandro, you know, October, November time when the, the height of the criticism towards Lindsay was was probably at its peak. And, and I'm saying, look, you know, we, we, we need to look at some of the recruitment here. You know, it was the, the, the phrase um, uh, square pegs in round holes, which was mm-hmm. done done to death um, that, that season. But it was it was true. We, we just we were woefully under equipped. We were woefully short of, of quality in, in key areas of, of the pitch. I, I mean, I know Ben from our pod would, would argue about your, your, your point about um, Jack Payne saying, well, if he was that good, he wouldn't have dropped back down to League Two. You know, like he has done for um, he's at MK Dons, isn't he now? Um, but he was. I think you were right. He was a big miss, and 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 for me at the time, I didn't see it as that. I I saw us as you know getting some value out of freeing up some wages that could be distributed elsewhere. But that was putting too much faith into the recruitment system that was a, that turned out to be um, pretty poor. So I, I think your your point on Jack Payne was was right and um but not just his his position all over the pitch as, as we found out at, at center back and left Absolutely. back and and and, and as, as a defense in defensive midfield basically the spine of the team lacked lacked a spine last season and um that was um that was un- unforgettable from my point of from my point of view um so so yeah it, it wasn't a good um transfer window and that's that's why we're doing this this pod today me, me and mark are is, is to try and dissect it and just come up with our own opinions of the players and where we went wrong and what needed to be done and again this is just our opinions you know football is subjective and people will probably feel that some of our star ratings are, are harsh but if you know if we had a lot more four or five star ratings to give out we would have got promoted last season uh, that that season with with without a doubt so that's what we have to bear in mind um, i think as a fan base for me, and this might sound a bit elitist, but I don't think we should accept mediocrity. We should always be pushing for promotion as, as long as we're in, in league two, but that's just, that's just me. I know some other fans feel that way. I'm sure Mark does, but you know, and, and, and in order to do that, you know, you need to bring in the quality players. And sadly now for the second season in a row, we, we haven't done that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. I don't think there's a huge amount more I could add to summarise um, the the position than, than, than what you've um, said there so eloquently, Craig. To be honest, it's you know it, it's indicative of the time that we're in and the time that we've yeah. moved into since. Um, and I'd like to think that you know if if people watch these um, these pods talking through the transfer windows and they they look at them objectively, they they'll be able to see the pattern of decline. Um, yeah. And that's what shame. we're trying to to to, to put forward because I think it, it's all too easy to focus on the summer just gone for this season, whereas this has been a systematic um, decline over a period of um, transfer windows. Um, but yeah, um, did, did you have anything more to add, um, Mark? Not at this stage, which would I, I, there's lots more I, I, we could talk about, but I think it would cloud 
the objective of this pod um, yeah. before we go into the next one. So, yeah, I think we're good at the moment, but more to come for sure. Yeah, definitely more to come. So the um, the next episode um, will be on the January transfer window where we had the likes of Charlie Austin come in before the window opened and obviously a change of um, manager. And yeah, so and that, so that'll be um, coming out probably a week after this one airs. Um, we hope you, me and Mark, hope you've enjoyed listening to us rambling on. Um, the, the next episode will probably be shorter because obviously there wasn't as much business in the uh, January 23 uh, transfer window. Um, but yeah, if you have enjoyed it, um, please consider leaving a five star rating on the um, podcast app of your choice. Um, you might decide not to. You might decide to give us a one star or one and a half star like we've done for several players. <laughs> But um, but yeah, if you have enjoyed it, if you could, if you could do that, that would be um, greatly appreciated. Um, keep an eye out on our socials for the uh, next episode in this little mini series that me and Mark are, are doing. And thank you, Mark, um, for joining me um, this this morning on 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 this recording. And thank you again to all our listeners um, for for joining us. Um, feel free to you know give us your opinions in the comments about this podcast and whether you'd like any more like these and also obviously about our ratings for the um for the players involved um once again uh, from me and mark thank you very much for listening and good night